Green Pastures are the weekly devotions published by Vineyard Boise, consisting of four parts, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. Green Pastures for Thursday, March 24th. This week's theme, Finding Hope in the Midst of Broken Relationships. Today's scripture reading, 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 9 from the Message Translation, which reads, Don't be naive. There are difficult times ahead. As the end approaches, people are going to be self-absorbed, money-hungry, self-promoting, stuck-up, profane, contemptuous of parents, crude, coarse, dog-eat-dog, unbending, slanderers, impulsively wild, savage, cynical, treacherous, ruthless, bloated windbags, addicted to lust and allergic to God. They'll make a show of religion, but behind the scenes, they're animals. Stay clear of these people. These are the kind of people who smooth-talk themselves into the homes of unstable and needy women and take advantage of them. Women who, depressed by their sinfulness, take up with every new religious fad that calls itself truth. They get exploited every time and never really learn. These men are like those old Egyptian frauds, Janas and Jambres, who challenge Moses. They were rejects from the faith, twisted in their thinking, defying truth itself, but nothing will come of these latest impostors. Everyone will see through them, just as people saw through that Egyptian hoax. Okay, I just can't do it anymore. I just can't keep trudging through these dead marshes, what Paul here calls difficult times. The word he uses actually means fierce or severe, like Legion and the wild, naked man who was so violent and threatening, no one could pass by that way. The fierce times Paul describes here are filled with a legion of their own, the self-absorbed, the money-hungry, the self-promoted, the stuck-up, the profane, the disrespectful, the crude, the coarse, the dog-eat-dog, the unbending, the slanderers, the impulsively wild, the savage, the cynical. Oh, let us tell you about cynical, Paul. We know something about that. The treacherous, the ruthless, the bloated windbags. Is there ever any shortage of those, especially in politics or in pulpits? The crazed addict, the for the love of God and all that's wholly allergic, Paul says, stay clear of these people. So we will. As we've trudged through these brackish waters of broken, dead, and dying relationships, we've briefly visited Genesis examples of broken family and relational life. But enough of that. We're talking about hope, remember? So let's let's move to the other side of these marshes. You can't find firm footing in a swamp, intones the wise man of Proverbs, but life rooted in God stands firm. That's Peterson's take on Proverbs 12, verse 3, if you're wondering. So let's move on to some terra firma, to places in this same Genesis account in which we see signs of rootedness and solid ground. Like Abraham approaching the people of the land, the native inhabitants, we might call them. He had a manifest destiny of sorts to own all of this land, or at least that his numerous progeny one day would. Yet when Abraham's wife Sarah dies, he doesn't march in like he owns the place, claiming the piece of land he wants is rightly his by divine fiat. No power plays, no demands, no swindling, no trickery, no threats. No, 
he bows respectfully before them and asks for a burial plot for his wife. An entire often passed over chapter of Genesis is devoted to the exchange, Genesis 23 if you're interested. I most recently encountered it in the course of my Hebrew reading. Reading in Hebrew forced me to slow down just a bit and savor it just a bit more than I remember doing so before. Abraham bows with his face to the ground before them at least twice. And when they politely offer it pro bono, he refuses, insisting he pay its full value. This episode is like an oasis in the midst of all the maneuvering, manipulating death and dysfunction that fills far too much of Genesis, not to mention our own Genesis. Contrast Abraham's dealings with this town, okay, contrast Abraham's dealings with this town with that of his great-grandsons who wiped out an entire town as they avenged their sister's honor, or really their own sense of outraged male honor. Sorry, I said I was leaving those dead marshes, so let's linger here with Abraham, bowing before the native inhabitant Hittites, dealing in good faith with mutual respect and fairness. Yes, this is possible, even in the midst of marshes where our senses are violently assaulted by its lurking legions. Yes, even here, a better way is possible. A way not called miasma, but mishpat in Hebrew, justice or fairness, or chesed ve'emet, grace and truth, or authentic loyal love. And it starts with us and an authentic bow or two. So if you don't mind, I'll not read again about the difficult times ahead with 2 Timothy's fierce legion of dysfunctions. Instead, let's once more dip into the oasis spring that is Psalm 133. How wonderful, how beautiful when brothers and sisters get along. It's like costly anointing oil flowing down head and beard, flowing down Aaron's beard, flowing down the collar of his priestly robes. It's like the dew on Mount Hermon flowing down the slopes of Zion. Yes, that's where God commands the blessing, ordains eternal life. Leaning into the story of Abraham humbling, bowing, before the native population and treating them with fairness and respect, how are you being challenged to so up the ante of fairness and respect in your dealings with others, particularly with those outside of your circle or tribe? What lessons do you observe in Abraham that will help you mend the strained or broken relationships around you? Lord, Bring fresh rootedness to my relationships. Bring the firm footings that's, that's found where your faith, hope, and love reign. Rather than bowling people over in toxic self-assertion, teach me the fine art of authentically and humbly bowing before others. Make me an agent of fairness in all my relationships and of loyal love that just won't quit. Rekindle hope where there currently is none.
Reverse the momentum of death and separation in each shelved relationship, in each that's dead or dying. Bring your resurrection, starting with this cold, all too often walled-in heart, through your spirit in, upon, and through us. Oh, may the God of vibrant green hope fill you up with joy, fill you up with peace, so that your believing lives filled with the life-giving energy of the Holy Spirit will brim over with hope. Amen.